This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Hey Tanner, guess what day it is? Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. We got to talk about this book. February. Okay, don't. 20. Don't triangulate in time. Okay, bleep all that. Okay, fine. Um, guess what episode it is? Episode number 100. What? <sighs> we made it. We made it. Baby Nation, you all doubted us. You didn't think we could do it? Yeah. And here we are. This episode is dedicated to the haters. Kiss dirt, Baby Nation. Yeah. This one's for uh, the haters. Actually, thinking about it, I feel like the haters probably have stopped listening by episode 100. That's just, oh, a, I that's just a theory that I'm working on. I don't read the reviews or anything, so I don't know when they <laughs> drop out. But whatever. They can kiss dirt. Okay. Uh, haters can kiss dirt. Baby Nation. Anyone in Baby Nation who doubted us can kiss dirt. Mm-hmm. Even if they've come um, around? Anyone who's ever doubted us can kiss dirt. Okay. What about people who have had our backs this whole time but are starting to doubt us now kiss dirt okay what about people who have enjoyed like 90 percent of the episodes but there have been a few episodes where they're like oh that one kind of fell flat that's fair i agree <laughs> i agree with that assessment okay all right so they don't have to kiss dirt Did a hundred of these they can't all be winners you know <laughs> we're, um, i think we're batting like a solid 220 Oh, good. That's great. That's uh, that's the Mendoza line. Yeah, like every so twenty-two of our hundred episodes so far have been good. Yeah, yeah, which that is was, a good uh, average in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, though, in the case of the Mendoza line, uh, you are allowed to stay on the team with a bad batting average because you're an incredible fielder. So, what's that for us? We are incredible friends. That's nice. That's very sweet. I'll take it. So um, it's a bad show, but their friendship is <laughs> good. What a what a good uh, affirming start to our one hundredth episode. Uh, I feel affirmed. I hope Baby Nation, you feel nurtured and loved by us in this moment. Yeah, uh, and if not, kiss dirt. Yeah. <laughs> good. We're coming out swinging, and that's what matters. Um, it's really late at night mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I'm going to bring a really bad energy to this one. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Is that yeah. what all the kiss dirt stuff came yeah. from? Yeah. You know, I'm just feeling a little ornery. Okay, good. Feeling good. a little punchy. Good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, what about if we uh, introduce the show and kind of see if we can uh, turn that frown? upside down okay i'd like to see you try all right i'm it's going gonna to. be an uphill battle hi hi and welcome hi. and welcome to the babysitter's club let's say club. it together tanner club i just said it let's say it together, i didn't know you though. were gonna do the thing i didn't know you were gonna do that <sighs> club no let's just hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club 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 okay all right let's just let me say it this time okay hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club club, club. a podcast in which i'm jack shepherd and I, <laughs> yes, that's it. That's all. That's it. <laughs> what happened? Did you panic? My name is Tanner. <laughs> 
In which I, Jack Shepard, and my I don't co- want to fall into one of your grammar traps. <laughs> you came so close. You came so close to walking right into one. A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, my name is Tanner, talk about <laughs> the classic novels of The Princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind, and Tanner... She's the first of her name, but we learned about an alternate universe name that she has this week. Oh, yeah. The Happy Reset. Two. Two alternate universe names. Yeah. One of them is like a gender-bent rule. What's the rule where... Do you know the naughty rule? Do you know the naughty internet rule? Rule 34. Yeah, you know that one? I refuse to admit whether or not I know about it, and I certainly am not interested in talking about it on this non-meme-related podcast. It's a meme-related podcast. I, I take I take issue with two things there. You're the one who named the rule, so you know about it. Two, it's a meme-related podcast. Three, I know I said I only had two things, but I have three. There's another rule, an internet mm-hmm. rule, like mm-hmm. the naughty rule you just named. Yeah. That is, the naughty rule you just named, Baby Nation, if you don't know it, rule 34 is that if it exists, I there is I porn of it on the internet. specifically said I don't want to talk about it. Two, yeah. there's another rule, and I can't remember what number it is. It's like rule 60, and it's like, if a character exists, someone has gender swapped it somewhere on the internet. Okay. And that, so Anne has fallen prey to rule 60 or whatever. Right. And so, that was a long walk to the fact that in happy reading section, Anne told us a little bit more of her biographical information this week. Yeah. That, first of all, she was originally going to be called Anne Elizabeth. After, um... Queen Elizabeth? Lizzie. Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. Um, what about Lizzie Bennett from Pride and Prejudice? Oh, sure. Oh, what about Liz from the 80s NES game Rampage? Oh, that's what it is. The one who turned into a giant lizard. She was like a lady. You don't need to explain it to me. Okay. Um, and she also revealed that had she been a man, and I think what she's trying to say is that in an alternate universe, in if rule sixty, let me can I just do, 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 uh, do. I, actually, I just don't want to embarrass Jack. I don't want to embarrass you, and I don't want to embarrass Bean by getting the rule number wrong. It just it feels like here's the thing. Here's what happens, Tanner. We like we start talking about this, and then you rule sixty three: the proposition that it is possible to find gender swapped versions of every fictional character, especially as fan art, on the internet. Thank you, Wiktionary. Okay, fine. And so Anne revealed in this week's happy reading that should rule sixty three apply to her, continue. Her name would be John Lawrence. John Lawrence. John. Lawrence. Huh. Well, we know John is important in these books. John is important in these books, and often, Jack, I don't know if you knew this, John yeah. has a has a somewhat common nickname, especially but kind of back in the old days. Jack. Jack. Huh. And Lawrence mm-hmm. is the fancy way of saying Larry. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so here we are, and I haven't even said the title of the book yet. Um, but yeah, John was the name of the superb rat. Yeah. Right? And Abby's dad. And John Pike. Mm. Don't get and me then, started. Don't get me started on Lawrence. I, okay. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Tanner, why are Morpheus we Morpheus from The Matrix. You're going to take the blue pill or the red pill? No. I, now, now I'm going to keep talking about the introduction to this podcast. A podcast in which we talk about Anne and Martin or John Lawrence, depending on what 
universe you live in uh, or what version of reality you inhabit. And this week, Baby Nation, we're going to be talking about a little book that is called Claudia and the World's Cutest Baby. Right. I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about that before we started recording, but you said that you refused outright to talk about BSC-related matters outside of the podcast forum. Well, let's talk about it now. This is Jack, this is your last chance. What do you mean? After this, there is no turning back. Wow, that's a lot of fucking pressure. You take the blue pill, your story ends. You wake up in your bed and you believe whatever you want to believe. You okay. take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, <laughs> and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Okay. Make I'm your a, decision. I I would like, in the context of this podcast, to Careful. take... I know. <laughs> I I don't want to take the blue pill. You know, fuck, fuck the misogynists for co-opting that. <laughs> I know. Fuckers. It would... Well, I don't know. I can't even we say that it was... We have such fun a, with that. It would, have, it's a cool, it would have been cool. It was cool. And now it's not. Now it's not. <sighs> Tanner, let's talk about the novel. Okay. Um, I got it up here on my phone. I liked it. Bingo, you bingo. liked it. Uh, do you want to... Should we just dive right in? Oh, wait. I could describe it. I could describe the novel. Why don't I describe it? I think we one? have to describe it. Jack, I've I've been tracking comments in Baby Nation lately. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening, if you're not already involved in Baby Nation, go and look it up. It's on Facebook. It's, it's our, our Facebook group. Fan group. It's um, a very fun uh, and lively place to be. We're in Wonderland. We're we are seeing how a lot of people are seeing how far the rabbit hole goes because a oh, lot yeah. of people we're we're kind of beyond where they ever read as children. Oh right, yeah. So our job is more important than, than it ever, ever was has before been. to describe okay. these books. Good. Well, that is a very very good um, segue into my introduction. Okay. So I'm just going to take that. I'm going to describe this book, Tanner. Okay. Oh, okay. And then just so that we're covering our bases, that should cover us. We'll yeah, have, we'll be covered then. We'll have you describe the book. Huh. Um, I just don't... Jack, I get where you're coming from, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate you giving me this chance and like giving me this opportunity to really step up and show what I'm made out of, but I don't think I'm going to be good at that. Well, I think that... And I you, think maybe it might be a mistake to do it at all. There comes a time, Tanner, when you have to fucking step up to the plate, and I think you're going to find that this week, our 100th episode is the time when you are called upon to do that more than you ever have been before. But I'm going to set you up. I'm going to clear the way for you by describing this book first. Okay. You ready for that? Yep. I'm going to begin now. And I recognize how important this is to the baby nation, especially those who have not uh, read this far and are completely dependent on us for our description of this book. Tanner, I can see you when you pretend to fall asleep on the pop filter. I assume you know that. So... Just hang tight. I'm going to describe this book. I'm going to begin. I can still see you. I can see what you're doing. No one else can see it. I'm going to begin now. Into every generation, there is a chosen one. A child who is so special, so gifted, and so full of potential that anyone entrusted with their care must drop everything else, no matter how important, and devote every waking hour to this precious gift. And it is further written that there is no one else in the world who can take this hallowed task unto themselves but the one who has been named Watcher of this child. All other matters must be cast aside. When the child cries out, the Watcher must jump to its side. 
When the child turns its gaze to the watcher, the watcher must gaze back, forsaking all other objects of its attention. When the child shits himself, the watcher must change the child's diaper. And so forth. Anyway, Tanner, what I am saying is that I did not have time to write a description this week. Claudia huh. and the world's cutest baby. Because as we newborn, got started so late. No, we, we got didn't. started so late. We I got started maybe right have, on time. I got, thought maybe you would have time to get one in, get one in. But. Did you learn nothing from this book, Tanner? Huh. It's a book. It's literally a book about people who have a fucking newborn child and are at the end of their fucking wits. No, your your baby's like essentially an adult now. <laughs> Is it sleeping through the night? He's sleeping through large portions of the night. Perfect. You know, you're fine. Uh huh. It sounds like you're set up, man. You just have like this. It's like a pet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like a pet. Um, I think they go through they go through discrete phases. It's like a nightmare mm-hmm. for the first month, mm-hmm. and then it's like a pet for mm-hmm. like three years until it starts walking and talking yeah and then it's basically and then it's just a friend tiny human yeah and then it's like a bad human mm-hmm. like a, an undercooked human oh yeah then it gets red and then it's like a yeah and then it's like a sullen rebellious human mm-hmm. and then it's a resentful human mm-hmm. and then it just swings back around a human but you have to wait like 20 years for that to happen this. god what a mistake you made yeah, well, there's no going back now, and uh, sometimes we have to watch our baby after work, and uh, uh, they they don't want us to write our descriptions. Hmm. So we're really... I, thought, um, I liked the title Godmother. Oh, yeah. I liked that a lot. The Godmother. The Godmother. And mother. I figured maybe if we were open to it, we could add another title to Anne. The Godmother. The Godmother of Stony Brook. The God... You have to be careful not to... Because it's not Godmother. What That's about a Mother thing that God? Know. It's just like she. It's like the God King. It's the yeah. Godmother. Can we make that work? What are you looking at? What are you reading on your computer screen? Um, Some's got your attention. What is it? Enter your password for in iCloud. Huh. Bleep Does that, that out. seem important right now? Or well, it blocked me f- from looking at your beautiful little face. So I was trying to close it out. Fine, forget it. Forget the Godmother stuff. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know episode one hundred is going to be so contentious. <laughs> I feel like you're the one who's bringing it there, Tanner. What I want from you is to describe this novel for us. We need you more than ever. Technically, it's only book ninety-seven, so let's not. This is the big one. This is like you know how in 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 those movies or those TV shows where it's like a kid who's just trying to make it with her guitar and her voice, and she plays to like a an audience where she hopes that people are going to show up but like there are only like five people in the audience and like that's the night the fucking a and r guy shows up mm. i think yeah, that's yeah. that's what's going to happen i think an a and r guy someone from from like bmg or sony tonight tonight you think we're being scouted Th- sing your song man this is it this is the time i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to <clears throat> this is it this is it. This is like where we there were like, you know what? Fuck it. We've never been able to land this one. We've never been able to land this one in practice, but fuck it. Like the A&R guy is here. I that's the guy from Sony. I just recognized him. If we have one shot, mom spaghetti. Okay, I'm ready. Let's do it fucking now. You ready? Yeah, I'm going to put I'm gonna 60 get seconds. Here I go. 60 seconds on the <clears throat> clock. All right. I want you to start right now. Um, hello. My name is Tanner Greenring. Um, I've prepared a song for you tonight. It's um, 
Uh, I Dream a Dream from Les Mis. No, 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 no. You gotta describe the book. Describe the book. There was a time when men no. were kind. No, no, Tanner, listen to me. When the voices were soft. Tanner, twenty seconds have gone by. Tanner, Tanner, oh my God, I do there not want to open my iCloud preferences blind. right now. Tanner, and the world was a song. No, stop it. The describe the novel. I didn't describe the novel. You have to. This is our one hundredth episode. There was a time. Stop it. Stop it. it stop it. Stop it. Wrong. Stop it. Stop it. We've got 10 more seconds. You can do this. Stop it. Knock it off. By. Tanner, knock it off. When hope was high and life <laughs> was And time. Living. And time. Jack, now, I thought we were doing a thing there. I didn't like it. Because you said the A&R guys were here, and I, I knew that like, I Susan Boyle did the whole thing where Susan Boyle went up, and no one <laughs> thought she could do it, and everyone doubted her. And it was just like, look can be deceiving sometimes, these like... These people you don't expect much from have like a, amazing talent and beautiful voices, and I thought I would come up and do this whole Susan Boyle thing That's where she sang "I Dream a Dream." You took it. You're taking it way too fucking literally. Susan Boyle was really good at singing "I Dream a Dream." You're, I was doing my best. You're really good at at describing Babysitters Club books. That's you what you do. Me. That's what you do, man. You think I'm really good at it? Really good. The best I've ever fucking talked to. Honestly, you're the best person i've ever talked to all right here's the thing about you really my confidence and i want another run at this okay i want you to describe this book because i've i kind of failed us okay i'm ready all right i'm gonna put 60 seconds on this big bad clock and i would like for you to, to begin describing this novel during those 60 okay. seconds right now i dream that love oh, would never <laughs> die stop it stop 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 I dream Stop. that God would be forgiving. Stop it. You really, I just like, Jack, I don't know what you want from me because you like, <laughs> you built me up there and you like talk such a good game about how good I was and how like, how much you respected me. And I just thought maybe <laughs> you wanted me to go again. You wanted another, like you wanted to hear more. The book is called Claudia and the World's Cutest Baby. And I want to talk about the book, but I need you to give us some of the details of the book before we can talk about it. All right. Here's luck. Here's I my one note. Accidentally just closed the window that I had the lyrics to "I Dream a Dream" <laughs> up in, Thank so I can't God. fall back on that bit again. <laughs> All right. Do you want to? You want me to put sixty seconds on the big red clock? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna begin right now. There is a castle on a cloud. Higher. There is There's a, a castle, castle on a cloud. Okay. She's like a little girl. Do it. Hi. There is a castle on a cloud. Good. Do you just want to, like, let's kick off. You know, it's 100th episode. It's our fucking show. <laughs> no, I want you to describe this novel. I'm going to start. Let's kick off and sing I'm... Les Mis the rest of the episode. I'm going to start this Big Bad Clock right now. Peach's, Claudia's aunt has a baby. And at the same time, Claudia is engaged in a planning a school trip with her history class to go to the city of brotherly love, Phileo Adelphi. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where she will learn about history, U.S. history. But Peaches has her baby, and she names it Lynn after Claudia. Claudia's middle name is Lynn. That's my tearful moment. We'll come back to that later. Claudia is overbearing, and she thinks she's an expert in babysitting because she's been a babysitter for some time. And she comes over to the house, and she makes her presence like super well known, and uh, never leaves them alone, and always wants to be with the baby with them. 
and it drives them insane, and they eventually yell at her and kick her out. And then she goes to Philadelphia, and this girl named Melissa tags along with her, and she realizes how obnoxious it can be to be a pest, and she apologizes to Peaches, and uh, they make up, and everything's fine. And time. Good job. You didn't hit the B-plot? A little bit. Little, little bit. B-plot is Marilyn and Carolyn. Oh, fuck. There's a, there's a C-plot. Yeah. It's a good B-plot one. B-plot is Marilyn and Carolyn. C-plot is the Philadelphia trip. Yeah. Good. Well, I was going to say good, clean, babysitting fun, but that is not what this book is. It is there a is rich good- tapestry. It is a rich yeah. tapestry, and you know you're going to get a rich tapestry when you are nipple deep in a sweet, sweet sea of sweet, sweet peats, sweet, sweet treats this week, um, because that is indeed the case. This is a Larangis special. Uh, only Larangis can be trusted to introduce important new characters. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I um, I was... Sweet Pete's sweet nipples feet treats. Yeah, this week. Yeah, got it. Sweet, sweet Pete's sweet, sweet Pete feet. Sweet, sweet Pete feet. <laughs> um, beep beep. Did you... Here come those sweet, sweet Pete's sweet Oop. feet. Uh, back them up right into right into this these kissing lips, sweet Pete. Uh, I don't kiss kiss them deep. Kiss them deep this week, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> I hope you're still listening, Pete. Um, I'm just going to our menchies real quick because I would love to sing you a song. No, I don't want that. No, you do want this one. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Loren just writes about the sitters like he's done before <laughs> and was sitting in a chair, but she fell on the floor. When you're going to stop, Pete, I don't know when. We'll have a laugh till then, <laughs> Jack. Pete will make us laugh till then. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. That was um, set to the tune of Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Ugly Kid Joe. Ugly Kid Joe? Yeah. That's a reference that some people will get. Ugly Kid Joe did a really famous cover of Cats in the Cradle in the early 90s. It was huge. It was submitted by Baby B. Laura at Laura Spadanuda on Twitter. Why don't you spell Spadon. it out? S P A D A N U T A. Okay. Spa Don Uda. Why were you singing that, Tanner? Kissing a sweet sea of sweet peat feet this week. Kissing it deep. Kissing those feet. Uh oh, that's Real not deep. descriptive. Um so each week we do a segment when Pete writes a book where we talk about our favorite moment that we realize that we were reading we we couldn't have been reading anything but the sweet, sweet prose of Sweet Pete, uh-huh. Peter Larangis. Uh-huh. Jack, this week, did you when? When was the moment you realized that you were swimming in a sweet sea of Pete? Um, that's a tough one, man. Because there were a lot of great, great Larangis moments. There were a, gr- a lot of great moments in this text that only Pete could have created. I've got a Larangis moment and two connected burns and i just realized that my two connected burns are also connected to my learner's moment it's like a sweet symphony oh gosh that's gonna be fun to edit sweet Uh, symphony of pete okay here it is it's also a beautiful moment uh it's the moment where peaches is rushed to the hospital uh early on in the book uh which any competent ghostwriter would would be able to handle a scene like that but pete chooses to Describe it through a brilliant piece of repartee uh, that exists between 
Claudia and the other members of the Babysitter's Club, and I would like to read that for you right now so you can get a sampling uh, of the scintillating prose and the hilarious wit of the great sweet Invite Pino me in. Ranges. Bring me in. That's how I read it each time. <laughs> You're familiar with this passage as well. No, that's just like it's the only sound the baby makes. <laughs> well, this is actually this is actually Cla- Claudia making the, the sound. Oh, okay. What happened? Stacy asked. Claudia, calm down. Christy screamed. That was Russ on the phone. I told them he's taking Peaches to the hospital right now. Yay! My friends wrapped me in a great big hug. Except Abby. She looked confused. Taking peaches to the hospital? Is this some kind of ancient birthing ritual? Peaches is my aunt, I explained. Say it again. Say it, <laughs> say the last part again. What were you were you listening to something? <laughs> I was there's <laughs> a few years ago in like twenty ten, <laughs> scientists analyzed the vocal cords of cavemen. <laughs> To try to figure out what they sounded like, and they like synthesized what like a caveman voice would sound like. Uh-huh. But for some reason, they didn't like make it say anything. They just <laughs> made it say like one syllable, and it was an e. Okay. And there's this recording, and it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious of a caveman going like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> eh. It's like, why scientists like? <laughs> I want to hear it saying a word, and you just gave me like. Can we, and uh, that's also what I thought about every time the baby. <laughs> can we throw that in there? On, in yeah, there if we can right find now? it, can we th- yeah, we'll, we'll throw a little uh, version of that. So, baby nation, that's why Tanner didn't react to my brilliant. Yeah, sorry. Moment. Say it again. <laughs> He's taking peaches to the hospital right now. Yay! My friends wrapped me in a great big hug, except Abby. She looked confused. <laughs> you know what else it reminds me of? What it's peanut butter baby? <laughs> that vine of that baby covered. Yeah, everybody in knows butter. about peanut butter baby. I'm trying to read you a says, funny moment. Good? The baby's like, uh, yeah. I like <laughs> what? Peanut butter baby. Do your thing. There should be like there should be a name for the specific kind of torture. The like the very unique and specialized and idiosyncratic kind of torture that is when you're trying to tell a joke or tell a funny story and someone interrupts you right when you get to the punchline with a like an old internet meme that they just remembered. <laughs> eh. <laughs> that like. Let me hear your. Let me hear your Lorange's moment. I'm excited about it. I feel like that's like maybe in like this. Not in like one of the deep ones, but in like the second circle of hell. It's that. Okay. That was Russ. I told them he's taking Peaches to the hospital right now. Yay! My friends wrapped me in a great big hug. Except Abby, she looked confused. Taking Peaches to the hospital. Is that some kind of ancient birthing ritual? Oh, I get it. <laughs> she thought she meant the fruit. Yeah. Abby doesn't know who Peaches is. Double rainbow. Double rainbow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you remember this one? It was like a cat and he was like a psychic medium and he was like, mouse, mouse. <laughs> no, but it sounds good. Tanner- it was really good. And the guy who made it deleted it from the internet because he didn't have permission to use the cat video. Tanner, this is not reply all. Okay. This is a baby. on that show. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be like the fucking worst part of that show. 
Alex, if you want to switch with me for like a <laughs> please, week, please, you come do this. I'll go do that. Please, Alex, if you're listening, I would really appreciate that. That was my <laughs> Laurentius moment, and I feel like you have sullied the legacy of Sweet Pete because that was a very funny moment that I immediately knew only Laurentius could have written, but. Uh, you made it seem like it wasn't that interesting. Tanner, what was your No, I mean, I tried to hype it up. No, you didn't. And there's no going back now. So I want to hear yours. This is before the baby is born. Mm-hmm. It's the opening chapter. Claudia gets a fax from Peaches and Russ of the sonogram. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to try to sabotage mine because I, Why would I do accidentally that? sabotaged yours. Why would I do that? I brought the fax paper. Scumbag I just Steve. like, if you try to hit me with memes, I'm just going to engage with you on memes. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's true. Right, then neither of us is going to be happy. <laughs> no one's going to like that. I've met him. Scumbag Steve. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He was really nice. Yeah. I brought the fax paper to the kitchen table and propped it up against the salt and pepper shakers. Dad and mom were already pouring skim milk over their favorite cereal, Puke Nuggets. The real name is Pure Nuggets. But they have about 93 different grains, no sugar, and no taste. Plus, they're dark brown. Looking at them makes me sick. That's your moment. Puke nuggets. nuggets. It's a good concept. Pure nuggets. Puke nuggets. Puke nuggets. It's little touches like that, Tanner. That and, And it's like, it's difficult, I feel like, to convey to somebody who hasn't been immersed in every sentence of literally 100 of these books. But Pete has like he approaches these texts with just like a little bit, a little bit extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like another no, ghostwriter, and it. I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to malign Nola or Ellen Miles let's not or even, let's not even talk about Ellen Miles because she's a non-entity in this, or or the entity or um, Suzanne Wayne, Suzanne Wayne or Anne or anybody, but any of those other writers would have just said. Janine poured the cereal. They wouldn't have even gotten there because they, they wouldn't have had cereal. that attention to We're detail. eating cereal for breakfast. But Pete yeah. like pulls out his character Bible and he's like, well, I wrote this whole chapter about like the founding of this company called Pure Nuggets, how like they had all these board meetings where they were worried that people would mistake it for puke nuggets. Uh, right. But like, they eventually just went through and they got the copyright and then it was too late and there was like a typography exactly. error. Yeah, yeah. Where it looks like anyone who nuggets. calls it puke nuggets, we don't want their business anyway. Right. But they didn't. They didn't really think about like, and this is all in, in Pete's brand bible. Yeah, he's like, they didn't even really think about the fact that like someone could buy this, but like someone else in the household is calling right. it puke nuggets, and that catches on and it spreads, and it's like it's terrible for the brand. They're gonna have terrible to do this for whole the whole social media campaign that's like we look like puke, but we don't taste like it, and it's not gonna work. They do like ten social media campaigns. One's like very earnest. Yeah, and it's like all about how it's full of like ninety three. F- uh, vitamins and nutrients and like it's very good for you and then they try to do this like wendy's thing where they're being like very like edgy and sardonic and they're like yeah sure you think it's puke yeah but, like go fuck yourself yeah it's the- like a real vice media kind of approach that sounds good i kind of want to buy them now from you saying yeah. that yeah and then people get sick of that and like a bunch of pe- like other like shitty cereal brands start imitating it and then it's like what do we do to innovate like now they're making board games called Puke Nuggets, the board game. And it's like, I, like we've just lost the message, guys. And Pete just writes this whole fucking thing out. 
And he just take. He's like, "Well, I've got that handy. I've got that handy. I wrote that out. I'm just gonna take that. I'm gonna take the just a piece of that, a piece of that world that I've created, and right. I'm gonna throw it in the description of Claudia's breakfast in the morning. Right? It's fucking great, Tanner. I would worlds upon worlds. I I desperately feel like two things need to happen. One, we better start talking about what happens in this book fucking fast. I would love to. Two, but I, I need, need to, to get a beer. beer. Okay, fine. You say goodbye. Bye. We're back. Jack. Yeah. I want to lead you down okay. a path. Come with me. Okay. Did you have a... Now, I know we don't typically do this this early, but I have two burns. Okay. And they're both related to this week's... Lorenzo's moment. moment. So I wanted to get in and get out, and then we can get back to the book. Okay, fine. Let's do a quick strike. Come with Let's me fast. if we you want to quick. live. Come with me if you want to live. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear your burns, man. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Regarding the sonogram, mm-hmm. Logan snatched the paper off the ground and looked at it. Whoa, what's this? Sorry, let me... It was like surfer. I went like surfer. Come on. <laughs> yeah, do a Louisville accent. Whoa, what's this? Some kind of underwater fungus? <laughs> underwater fungus? I grabbed it out of his hands. That, for your information, I snapped, is my cousin. <laughs> oh, sorry. Logan, Marianne said disapprovingly. The rest of the way to school, Logan acted like a puppy dog with its tail between its legs. <laughs> Burn of the week on Lynn Kishi. She looks yep. like underwater fungus. Yeah. And then later, mm-hmm. during Peach's first pregnancy, Mary Ann and I had started knitting a lavender crib blanket for the baby. Mary Ann had done most of the work at first. She's a very talented knitter. After the miscarriage, I had finished it and put it away at the back of the closet just in case. Now, just in case, it was about to be a reality. I smiled at Marianne. I brought it, and that's what I'll bring Peaches. A moment later, Logan came bounding towards us. I have to admit, telling news the fourth time around was every bit as fun as the first time. Logan's response? Does she look like the facts? <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Underwater fungus. Yeah, and then he brought it back. He 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 called back his own burn. Called back his own joke. Yeah, from earlier in the book. Both burns on this ugly baby. Yeah, very strong. I've got a quick burn tanner this week. It relates to Janine Kishi, my favorite character in this series. Uh huh. It's as follows. It's during the chapter two where Claudia is describing her family. Uh huh. She says the following thing: In my parents' eyes, Janine is perfection. She finished. Excuse me? Nothing. Go ahead. Were you saying in your eyes? In your I eyes. No, 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 no. I didn't ask like you. No, no, no. I don't need it. I, I know the song. Okay, I don't need it. I don't okay. need it. In my parents' eyes, Janine is perfect. Let's just... As far as my parents are concerned, <laughs> Janine is perfection. She finishes my dad's puzzles after he gives up. She not only likes classical books, but classical music and classical clothes. That day, for example, she was wearing a prim, button-down, white shirt with a pin in the shape of a profile of Bach. Whoever that is. Claudia, you know who Bach is. It's a burn on Bach. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's kind of a burn on Bach, and it's also a burn on the state of modern education. <laughs> Claudia's just being petty. She knows who Bach is. <laughs> she like here's the thing is like Claudia recognizes Bach from his like profile. In the yeah. <laughs> she's like, who's that? And she's still like, oh, who's that Bach? Uh, who's that? that? Scarlatti. <laughs> <laughs> good, good comedy. Very um, good burn of the weeks. And now it's done, Jack, and we can just move on with our lives. Isn't it nice to get it out early? Yeah, it's good. I'd like to talk about this novel. It's no longer hanging over us. We can just talk talk about about the novel for 10 minutes before we have to get the fuck out of here. I want to talk to you about this particular passage that Pete writes. Obviously, Pete wrote it. It's one of the most beautiful passages in the book. Claudia is overbearing. That's that's the tension in this book. At first, I thought there was going to be no tension. Uh, She loves the baby. They go to the hospital claudia's claudia's super excited she has a special connection with peaches peaches asks claudia to be godmother claudia thinks janine's gonna be angry i thought that was gonna be the attention janine's like no you have a special connection everything's good claudia goes over every day hangs out with the baby hangs out with peaches and it turns out the tension is that's too fucking much and i can kind of relate to that except i can't because if somebody came over to my house and looked after my baby every day and uh cleaned my house and shit like I would be actually be one hundred percent fine with that. What if they yeah. ruined your coffee maker? Like honestly, fine. Yeah. If if you're if you're like, every, what if they brought you presents every day? Yeah. F- good. I'm just sweetening the deal. Yeah. Every every ten minutes that you give me to myself to do things like I don't know, write a description for my uh, semi popular podcast about the Babysitters Club instead of looking after my child, right, uh, is worth a coffee maker. So you're willing to go through like one coffee maker a week for this? Yeah, one hundred. How much does a coffee maker cost? Like a hundred bucks? Yeah, something like that. Why not just yeah. pay a hundred dollars a week to someone to come watch your baby? Holy shit, that's fucking brilliant. Is that realistic? Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, no, that sounds way, way cheaper than what that actually costs. But what I'm saying is, Claudia, to what if my it's mind, a teenager? Fine, anyone, anybody. When I was a teenager, you know what I did? What I walked through the cornfields of Minnesota, detasseling corn. Why? Because someone, some dumb farmer paid me to do it. Okay. 14. Yeah. Just walk up and down rows of corn. You pull a little, a little, I think it's technically the corn's penis. <laughs> okay. But you pull it out so the okay. corn can't interbreed. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Wow. It's called corn detasseling, and it's what every strapping young lad in Minnesota grows up doing. Well, it explains so much. Yeah. You spent most of your youth. Jacking off corn. Detasseling corn. And you know how much they paid me? Not much. Certainly not $100 a week. Great. (laughs) So I think you can get teens to do like any menial labor for essentially no money. Well, I'm going to look into it. That's not really my point. My point is that the tension of this novel is that um, and and Pete introduces it in an incremental and fascinating way. The tension is that Claudia is overbearing. She's spending too much time trying to look after this baby. But it all comes to a head. Peaches snaps at Claudia just as she's about to get on a bus to Philadelphia. Phileo Adelphi. Yeah, I love that you're the one who has caught on to that. They, they talk about the, the Greek roots right. of yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, the- because Claudia thought that her teacher gives her a little uh, pop quiz yeah, and says, does anyone know what city is named after the Greek roots for brotherly love? Right. And anyone would, anyone with like a fucking like 
basic understanding of Greek would know right. that. But Claudia goes um, Latin, I suppose, right? Because she guesses Hermosa Beach based mm-hmm. on the fact that hermano right. is Spanish for brother. Right. And Spanish is a Latin language, so... It's a romance language. I imagine that it ultimately traces its roots back to Latin, but I don't know off the top of my head, and I feel like... Wow! Just... <laughs> Look who's got an icon on his face now. <laughs> I feel like you're just... <laughs> you can't even trace it back, baby nation. You're trying to pull me off of my point by talking about word roots, which is working, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sure Hermosa Beach serve. was not right. It turns out they were going to Philadelphia. I want to read you the this city passage. of brotherly love. Yeah, please. And it's just a beautiful moment. And I want to ask you what specifically it reminds you of. Okay. This is a passage where Pete kind of lets us know that all is not right. That lets us know that norm has been transgressed. A relationship has been fractured. Okay. And Claudia is not like her happiness has been short-lived okay maybe russ and peaches chose the wrong person to be lynn's godmother maybe they should have asked janine perfect people aren't pests i stared out the window rain was beating on the pane then dripping slowly downward or maybe it was the reflection of my tears it was hard to tell what does that remind you of smith's song which one most of them What about this, Tanner? Rain was dripping down the window. <laughs> that does sound like Morrissey. <laughs> Maybe it was just my tears. <laughs> it's surprisingly good. I will take it. <laughs> I was thinking about this, Tanner, and I'm sure you will recognize it. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Time to die. <laughs> it's uh, it's the end of Blade Runner. Yeah, it's the end of the, Blade Runner. Sorry, the first Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So why would the Blade Pete, Runner prequel Tanner? Why would Pete in this novel about a human girl? Do an explicit callback to the most famous speech in Blade Runner, which is about sentient AI. Blade Runner is about, Jack, mm-hmm. what it means to be human. Right. What qualifies as human? What does it take for us to call ourselves human? Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think if you follow the logic of the movie, if you try to to really understand what... What's his name? Batty Roy? Roy Batty. And this is Roy Batty's point at the end of that speech. And it's the whole it's the whole um, cliffhanger of the movie. Is Decker Deckert. Is Deckert a human? Is he an right. android? Right. Who can say? And what does it matter? Really? What does it matter? And so you think that Pete is asking us to consider whether Claudia may or may not be a sentient AI. No, no. I'm saying Pete is telling us that it doesn't matter. What Pete is saying is, yes, that's true. But no, it Pete doesn't matter. Pete is saying, matter. let's take that as read. Obviously, right. that's true. Obviously. Now that we've taken that in, now that we've processed that, let's think about what that means. And Pete is is jumping one step further ahead and being like, now that you've thought about what that means, 
Forget about it. It doesn't matter. Well, so what? I, here's what I like about this. I feel like it dovetails really nicely with a lot of the other themes of the book. I've been thinking a lot about the title of this book and what it means. It's called Claudia and... The World's Cutest Baby. And mm. it's related to what you're saying, right? Which is that, like, just because we think we know what kind of a thing Claudia is doesn't mean we know who she is. Right. Doesn't mean we understand her soul. What this book in particular is saying with its title is this baby is born into the world, right? It's yep. it's a book about birth. It's a book about life. It's a book about a new soul entering the world and beginning to self-actualize. But with its title, the first thing that we're learning is that it's not just any baby. It's the world's baby, right? It belongs to the world. It cannot in any way escape the definition of being something that is in the world, something that belongs to the world, something that is constrained and defined by the cultural and social norms that are made up by the world that it's brought into. And then secondarily, it's not just any kind of baby that belongs to the world. It's the world's cutest baby. Cute, right, exactly. It's already being defined as being a good baby, uh, a beautiful baby, a happy baby, a, a perfect baby. From the beginning of this book, from its very title, this child, this what you would think would be a blank slate, is already being imprinted with what Pete or Anne think that it should be, with with these preconceived notions the about, cutest. about goodness, right? About the good. I, I think the cutest here is standing in for um, a classical conception of the good. I don't think you can put that on this baby. That's you're reading too far into it. It's not. It's not about its goodness because it's not a good baby. It's a bad baby. It cries constantly, but that's not what Claudia's saying. Claudia's not saying it's a good baby. She's not saying it's the world's best baby. She's not saying it's the world's like most well-behaved baby. She's just saying it's the cutest baby. She's saying it's the cutest it's baby. It's rotten. It's it's awful. It cries all the time. But boy, is it cute. I I agree, right? Like the baby, like the how the baby is belies the description that's given to it. The baby, like, if you look, if you read between the lines, the baby's not trying to be cute. The baby's trying to, like, it spends most of this novel farting and burping and crying. None of those things are cute. I do that stuff all the time. No one thinks it's cute. No one thinks it's cute. Everyone hates it when I do it. People don't love it. So, I'm meaning to ask you to stop, actually. Can you stop a bird from singing its beautiful tune every morning, Jack? I would imagine. Can you stop the tide from rolling in? And rolling out every day? <laughs> nope. Can you stop the sun from rising and setting, Jack? The, nope. the no, don't ask me to stop burping, crying, <laughs> and... And farting? Farting. Sometimes all at once. Because I can't. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's beautiful. But that's, I think that what you're saying is is what I'm talking about here, right? It's a book that's about free will. Let me ask you a question. Okay. If If you'll indulge me. Please. Let's say you come across Baby Lynn uh-huh. in the desert. Okay. And Baby Lynn is stuck on her back. Okay. And she's struggling to right herself and get back up and and crawl out of the desert, but she can. Yep. Why? Jack, why don't you save Baby Lynn? Why why are you asking me this? Just it's it's a simple question. I just like it's it's a very you just have to I just need to kind of gauge your response. It's a very simple question. I don't you're making me angry. Okay, settle down. It's just what? Listen, I, this is why wouldn't you. I, Jack? 
This is just a routine set of questions. I just need you to answer the question as honestly and as truthfully as you can. You're looking up this guy's speech from the beginning of Blade Runner, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) It's an upsetting thing to ask anybody. (laughs) I think, but your your reaction says a lot about you. Because I guess, I don't know, you would have to ask Philip K. Dick, but... Yeah. If you say, like, no, I saved the turtle. Yeah. You can't tell me I don't. Yeah. I have agency in this. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, it's called the Voigt Kampf test, and yep. I feel like somebody should give it to Claudia. Or Tanner. not. The, the, Jack, no. It no. doesn't matter. She's fine. Let her live her life. Artificial life. Fine. Well, we should put, talk about this baby in relation to that. Here's a dream that Claudia has, and I feel like it's it's related to what I'm talking about uh, with this free will thing, and it's also related to what we're talking about with <laughs> allowing – With the Voigt Kampf It test. sounds like a Voigt Kampf question yeah. and this a dream she has i'm sure this whole fucking book is a voight kampf test here's a dream that claudia has that is related to all of those things i tried to hold on to my dream she says baby lynn was running through a big field on those teeny legs she was heading toward a cliff i was running and running trying to catch her is there something about this child Traditionally, when a new baby is born in Stony Brook, Tanner, it's meaningful, right? It's it's the result of a prophecy. It's it's the one in to someone else's one out. Um, yeah, but we we recently lost um, we lost Amelia Freeman. This is the one in from that one out, right? And they're trying they're trying with the framing of this by saying it's the world's cutest baby. It belongs to the world. It is necessarily. A baby that partakes of the good. It's a good baby. And then Claudia has this dream where it's like the baby's trying to run away from all of that. Hmm. I feel like – and also if you notice at the beginning of this book, Claudia is desperate that they call the baby Mimi, right? She's like, oh, this will be the one in for Mimi. She's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah. got to call the baby Mimi. And Peaches is like, no, we're calling it Lynn. Well, I think it, Claudia was trying to circumvent the one in, one out rules. By calling, by reintroducing Mimi into this universe, right? Because she we know was that- saying like Mimi is gone, right? And through Mimi's sacrifice, we got Andrea Precious. Oh, we got. Oh, was it Andrea? No, because no, got- remember it was. Yeah, we got Emily Michelle, right. uh, Christy Thomas's uh, sister, who we haven't heard f- thing one from. But it was a, it was the plot of an entire book because right. Claudia starts to wonder about her own lineage and whether or not she's actually adopted or if she's a naturally born Kishi. Right. And by trying to invoke Mimi's name and bring her back into the world, she like broke the time stream a little bit. Right. And luckily Peaches doesn't fall into that trap. Peaches calls her Lynn. Peaches calls her Lynn. And so she's the one in for Amelia. My question is just this. What does she portend? I feel like Pete and Anne and Claudia are feeling really secure that this is like, we lost a a beautiful soul in Amelia Freeman, and so we've got this wonderful baby who's going to save us all. But maybe not, man. I'm trying to figure out. They They had a name for this baby that was a traditional Japanese name. Oh, really? Janine was scrutinizing the facts. Ariana, she announced. She definitely looks like an Ariana. I thought maybe 
Hideyoshi, Mom said. That was Mimi's older sister. Oh, interesting. A shadowy figure who we've never heard anything about. Hideyoshi. It means excellent or outstanding, combined with good, virtuous, or respectable. Huh. And that is exactly... Can we come right back to what you were saying earlier? Come right back to what I'm saying, where they're trying to put this fucking baby in a box. They're trying to make it more than it is. They're trying to deny this child its free will. And meanwhile, so they're fucking, meanwhile, they're like, they're fucking singing this happy song about how they've got this great fucking baby who's like the world's answer to all of the world's problems, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, some fucking crazy shit is going on what in crazy these shit? books. The fucking B-plot. Oh, right. The Arnold, the Arnold girls. The Arnold girls are witnessing like. Carolyn these, and Marilyn. Carolyn and Marilyn are witnessing Twins. these horrors. They're uh, watching, uh, so it's a free preview weekend on the Sitterverse version of HBO. Right. And the Arnold twins, we, first of all, we get another Logan POV chapter. I know, which is, these are coming. It just keep it fucks with fast me. I'm not forward. ready for it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to be in that space. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't love it. I feel like I am a Primark. Aboard my ship, transversing the chaotic realm. Yeah. Okay. Is that a Warhammer reference? Bingo. Got it. I'm just surrounded by evil. Yeah. When I inhabit this persona of Logan. Yeah, it's dark. And I don't like it. But there's a chap. There's an entire Logan POV chapter in this book where the the, the Arnold twins are have a free HBO preview weekend and they keep watching horror films. Right. Uh, which which scare them. They're scared by them. These films portend what may be coming or something about what we can expect from these books. It's the dark side of this particular book, which is otherwise trying to present a happy picture. That's like, oh, this like this the the world's best fucking baby has arrived, and like everyone's going to be okay now. And then meanwhile, right. in the fucking B plot, you've got this crazy shit happening. They're watching these films and. I'll read the passage that um, describes the the main film that they watch. Yeah. Uh, Logan goes up to see what the twins are up to, and they put on... Because they watch the movie in their parents' bedroom so that Logan won't... Yeah. They put on some, like, comedy show, and, yeah. and like, he sees that, and he's like, all right, fine, but he, like, he keeps it quiet. Through the door, Ted Baxter was bragging on and on about something. When he was finished, the laugh track blared, and then it suddenly stopped. The next thing Logan heard was a deep, gloomy music and the crack of thunder. A quavery female voice asked, That thing in the bicycle basket, what is it? I don't know, a guy answered. Looks like a mask or something. The music became louder. It's not a mask, the female said. It's a... Then she screams. Yeah. The TV character's scream was joined by Marilyn's and Carolyn's, which were even louder. Logan pushed open the door. On the TV screen was a close-up of a bicycle basket in the rain. In it was a, well, I don't know what to say. It's too gross. Let me put it this way. According to Logan, its expression was not happy, and the liquid it was floating in was not rain. So like a dumpling? That's where your head went? I don't know. I had dumplings for lunch. That's, what you, that's what where your head went. 
It's something. It's spinach, I had like spinach dumplings in broth for lunch. And they were t- too gross for Claudia to say. No, they were good. Okay. Well, that was a bad. That was a bad pull. Then, as we say in the business. All right. Well, let me keep thinking. A Nerf ball floating in orange juice. <laughs> that's. I feel like I'm getting further away from it now. That's that's. That's a, I feel like I was on a better track when I was doing dumpling. Okay, well, we can go with dumpling. What about a dumpling floating in orange juice? That would be gross. That would be gross. But not too yeah. gross to talk about. A poop. No. No. Floating in. C- no. Pee? No, cut that. <laughs> See? Too gross to talk about. <laughs> but here, the reason I'm talking about this is the following passage, Tanner. And then we can get back to trying to figure out what this thing was and what it was floating in. Oh, but I know. It was some kind of mask floating in rain. It was a mask floating in rain. Yeah, the clues were all there in like the sort of le- introductory lead up to that. The liquid it was floating in was not rain. Not rain. Oh, shit. And it looks like a mask or something. So, no. Huh. Here's the point. That I want to make before we get back to figuring out what the fuck this is, that is why this is relevant. This wasn't just a movie that they were watching one night. You would like this movie, Carolyn says. The town was just like Stony Brook. And the girl, says Marilyn. To Logan. Looked like Marianne. (sighs) Something floating in something. A gourd. Okay. In orange juice. I don't know why my mind keeps going back to orange juice. But you think that's what it is? Maybe in orange juice? (laughs) Yeah. That would be, I wouldn't, it would be gross, but my head just keeps, I think orange juice is right because I just keep, it just keeps clicking into place on orange juice. Okay. So what about eggplant? Uh Uh-huh. Floating in. Orange juice. I'm thinking orange juice. Yeah. (laughs) That would be weird. (laughs) What? Imagine like you're out in the rain and there's yeah. a murderer around and he's chopping people's heads off and putting them in bike baskets and it's floating in blood and you don't know what's going on and you suddenly like you see an eggplant floating in orange juice and you're like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm already terrified. I'm already confused and I don't quite understand what's happening. Yeah. And now there's this eggplant floating in Orange juice. And I don't think eggplant is right because they say it looks like a mask or something. I think orange juice is right. We know it's the liquid is it's floating and is not rain. And I feel like you and I are both getting kind of an orange juice vibe from right. that. But it's something that looks like a mask or something, and it's not a mask. I said, did I say eggplant already? Eggplant kind of looks like a mask. Yeah, I guess. No, I would say not. I don't think it's that. Not, not that. Um, like a mask. It looks like a mask. What about? Did you do a gourd? I said a gourd. Yeah. Okay. Because they can get kind of wrinkly. Yeah. I don't think. I think we should move on. It's like it's like um, Anne and What's, Pete have written this so that it's it's intention. It's like when the people in the Bible try to describe angels and they just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. It's just too fantastic. Yeah. For like a human being to process, and I think that's why they did this. They're like. We can't even describe this to you. Right. It's like okay. something floating in orange juice. It's something It's something indescribable. Floating in orange juice. <laughs> That's floating in orange juice. That's fucking terrifying. You know what? I'm never going to drink orange juice again after this. I wouldn't. No, no, no. And then, so then the Arnold twins watch a making of 
documentary about yeah. how horror, whatever it's called, the horror anthology, right? This like tales from the crypt like show is made, mm-hmm. and they find out that the um, gourd floating in orange juice is just a it's a rubber gourd <laughs> <laughs> floating in fake orange juice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they use human blood and they. <laughs> Dilute it in such a way that it looks like orange juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing that the girls do to guard themselves from this, do you catch this? Around yeah. Car- Logan crept upstairs. The bedroom light was still glaring. Around Carolyn's bed and Marilyn's sleeping bag, standing shoulder to shoulder, were dolls, stuffed animals, and a model skeleton in a big circle, guarding the twins, keeping them safe. So... This week we have the arrival of Lynn Benedict. We have a portent, both in a dream of Claudia's and in uh, something that Marilyn and Carolyn see of something horrible coming. We All we know is that it's going to be floating in some kind of liquid that's not rain, probably OJ. Looks like orange juice at Looks, the very least. It seems like it might be OJ. And that the only way to protect against it is <coughs> dolls. Dolls. Invoke the orb and surround right. yourselves with dolls. Right. Invoke the orb. Surround. Invoke surround the orb and dolls. surround yourself with dolls. Right. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's as clear a message as we can give to our listeners. Baby Nation. Yeah. If any of you are still with us, 100 episodes in, and I don't know why you would be, God mm-hmm. bless you. Yeah. Do me a favor. Yeah. Before it's too late, I know we've been warning you. We've been warning you for... Dozens of episodes now. Yeah. Beware of dolls. Dolls are bad. Be, be careful with the orbs. Purple right. orbs. It's all bad. You just need to protect yourselves against all these things. Yeah. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. There's something coming. There's something coming that's very bad. Invoke the orb. Yeah. And surround yourselves with dolls. <laughs> now before it's too late, Jack. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. I have preparations to make. I don't what even do own any dolls. Well, you're f- in huge amounts of trouble. I've got Tomoyo. Okay. You want to know what Anne's first word was, Tanner? Ba. Ba. <laughs> ba. She was starting to say... Baby Sitter's Club. Her first word... Baby Nation, this is, this is not speculation. She says it in the happy reading. Her first word was ba. B-A. Just trying to say, Babysitter's Club. She was starting to say, Baphomet. Or Bayal. Or Bayal. Or Babysitter's Club. And her Club. parents, or Babysitter's Club. And her parents immediately, like, silenced her. They just, like, cut her off. She, she was, was like, like Bah. And they bah. slapped a, like, hand over her mouth. Threw a pacifier. She was going to say bird. <laughs> oh, that's cute. She was saying bird. Oh, it means bird. It's so cute. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, my baby's never said shit, man. Now his first word's going to be, like, really fucked up. Yeah. He's going to invoke, like, a dark passage. Ah, Jesus. From the satanic verses. Well, so that's interesting to know about Anne. Her first word was a truncated attempt to say Baphomet or Baal. Or Babysitter's Club. Babysitter's Club, but that's unlikely. I was thinking we should get the fuck out of here. Oh. Okay. Okay. You're done talking to me? Is there any other notes you want to hit? No, I'm just having fun, you know. All right. If you need to, if you need to take off, that's fine. No, I'm having a nice time. No, no, no. I don't want to keep you. 
I'm having a good time. No, this is our hundredth episode, man. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's ten thirty at night here. Let's let it linger. Some of us have to go walk a dog. Some of us have to go walk a baby. You walk it? I walk around with it. Tanner you don't, like you don't put it on a leash and like walk it around though, right? No, it's he is four months old and he can't fucking walk. Okay. I just I'm trying to get my head around it, you know. It's like I'm getting older, I'm gonna have to start thinking about this stuff pretty soon, so Yeah. I don't really I'm I'm lost in the weeds here. Tanner, I really would love to get the fuck out of here. I'm already gone, my man. Up here? Long gone. He's pointed to his head. It's an audio medium. Baby Nation. Thank you so much for listening, Tanner. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure as always. Maybe even more of a pleasure than usual this week because it was The pleasure was all mine, Jack. Okay, I'm trying to give you a compliment. Just take it. No. Man, I didn't realize I was messing with a character who's going to push back. My wife's been watching a lot of The Crown, and my favorite thing is the way the queen says, no. No. <laughs> okay, let's take it again from the top, Baby Nation. Yep. Thank you so much for being here. Tanner, thank you so much for being here. It's been a wonderful episode, a wonderful record. The pleasure has been all yours. And, and Baby Nation, please take a moment to write a nice review for us in iTunes. Give us a nice little rating. Uh, it means the world to us, and it helps us to skyrocket through the rankings so that other people can discover us. Baby Nation, we're 100 episodes in. Share an episode, not this one, obviously, with a friend <laughs> who you think would appreciate and enjoy it. Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was called Claudia and the World's Cutest Baby. Next week, Baby Nation, we're going to be reading a book called Dawn and, and Too and. Many Sitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since we've checked in on Dawn and the kid, We Heart Kids Club. Yeah. Are you saying Dawn? Anything could be happening. No, I said Dawn. 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 Okay. Yeah. What is with this fucking beer you're drinking? It's like all froth, and you've always got like a dumb froth on your nose. You've had a dumb froth on your nose this entire episode. I don't know what's going on. Why is it so frothy? I don't know. <laughs> Baby Nation, we're going to read that book next week. We read this book this week. This I week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. Yeah, I just said who I am. No, you didn't. I have been Tanner Greenring. This week... Baby Nation, do us and yourselves a favor. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all your dolls, but not before. Surrounding yourself with your dolls. Sorry no, for the Don't mixed drown messages. all your dolls. Yeah. We've, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Do right. not drown your dolls. Surround yourself Invoke with dolls. Invoke the orb. Surround yourself with dolls. Baby Nation, if you have drowned all of your dolls because of the last 10 or 15 episodes where we've been telling you to do that, Resurrect them as liches. Really sorry. Please don't. <clears throat> please don't have done that. Surround yourself flush, with your dolls. Flush your favorite doll accessories down the toilet. Resurrect them as liches. Invoke the orb. Surround yourself with dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. Don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Tanner, you're being detained. Joke's on you because I'm a sovereign citizen. Okay, I guess and you're I free cannot to go. be detained. <laughs> What's in the box? Claudia's wearing a bra now. <laughs> And the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented.
Tanner, it's an audio medium. Something What's you... that, Jack? It looks like it's... I'm getting some interference on my camera. Yeah? It's it looks... a spooky demon. It looks oh, like you got me. Baby Nation Tanner had lit a match. Uh, I imagine that was left over from uh, last week when we hopefully exorcised the video geist. Apologies if you missed that episode. You will have no idea what I'm talking about. Then he burned himself. Tanner, we're back. We are back. We're back. Don't light more matches. <laughs> oh, I lit too many. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got scary for a second. Um, we're back. Okay. I just got a Jackie. text from you. It was a link. Virgin America safety video. I'm not going to watch that. It's really good. Okay, great. Well, let's... We're back. Let's. We always. It's a really catchy tune. To talk about Baby Nation, books. if you have the opportunity, go to YouTube and search "Virgin America Safety Video" and watch this real catchy tune. It's so good. In the meantime, here we are. We're back. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>